0: This is Basketball History 101 with Rick
1: Loiza. Welcome back to Basketball History 101, part of the Sports History Network. I am your host, Rick Loiza, and this is a podcast where we bring to life some of the forgotten stories from basketball history. And today, we are going to talk about the biggest upset in college basketball history. Some even call it the biggest upset in college sports history, regardless of game. I've even heard it called the biggest upset of all time, period. Now, placing this game into its proper historical context is a bit challenging, but I will go so far as to say that it is indeed the biggest upset in college basketball history. So let me take you all the way back to December 23rd, 1982, to the city of Honolulu, Hawaii. I mean, just saying the name Honolulu... And you can already picture the palm trees swaying in the wind and the deep blue ocean behind them. You can hear the crashing of the waves against the soft beige sand. There are sunbathers everywhere relaxing in the sun's rays. I've been to Honolulu and I can tell you from experience that it is some of the most consistent weather anywhere on earth. On the beaches of Waikiki, it is always between 80 and 85 degrees all year round. In Celsius, that's about 27 to 29 degrees every day of the year. And this is the backdrop for our game. The home team is Chaminade University, just walking distance from Waikiki Beach. They are a very small Catholic university with less than 1,000 students. The school was so small that they shared their facilities with a high school. And let me put that more accurately. The gym belonged to the high school, and they allowed Shamanad to use it. And Chaminade was having one of their better seasons, but they were still a very small school in terms of college basketball. And as a reminder to my international audience, here in the United States, we use the terms college and university interchangeably. Here, both words mean the same thing. The Chaminade Silver Swords were coached by Merv Lopes, he was only a part-time coach, the University had a very small athletic budget, and Lopes worked as a middle school guidance counselor, which means he offered guidance to 11, 12, and 13-year-olds on their academic futures. And then he coached Shamanat in the evenings as a part-time job. He was even responsible for washing the team's uniforms after practices and games. This was about as low as it gets in the hierarchy of American college basketball games they would borrow their towels from a local hotel and then they had to make sure that they returned every single one of those towels by the end of the night or they would get billed for any missing towels the visiting team that day was the University of Virginia and they had a huge athletic budget with a full-time coach in Terry Holland who was paid as much as most CEOs he did not do the team's laundry They had other people to take care of that for the team. And they had three future NBA players in their starting lineup, including the National Player of the Year from the year before. For those that don't know, here in the United States, university-level athletics is governed by the National Collegiate Athletic Association, or NCAA. They have three levels of competition. At the top, where the strongest schools play, it's called Division I. Then they have Division II and Division Three, where smaller schools play sports. And then below that is a completely different organization called the National Association of Intercollegiate Athletics, or NAIA. In terms of strength, the NAIA is below Division Three of the NCAA. For the purposes of this story, we could call Chaminade a Division IV team. Unless there are some sort of special circumstances, you would never organize a game between a Division IV team and a Division I team, especially if that Division I team is considered the top-ranked team in the entire country, which is exactly where Virginia was ranked. They were considered the best college basketball team in the United States. Now, two weeks prior to this game, Virginia had defeated Georgetown University that had five future NBA players on their team, including David Wingate and Hall of Famer Patrick Ewing. Now the reason that Virginia was in Hawaii in the first place is that they were flying home from playing a couple of games in Japan. A Japanese manufacturing company sponsored some American University teams to come to Tokyo and play each other. In Japan, the Virginia team had defeated the University of Houston which featured two future Hall of Famers in Clyde Drexler and Akeem Olajuwon. So if you're not quite getting the picture, Virginia is an absolute powerhouse of a team. The Virginia Cavaliers team featured future NBA players Othel Wilson, who would play for the Sacramento Kings and the Golden State Warriors. They also had Rick Carlisle, who would play alongside Larry Bird on the Boston Celtics and is now the head coach of the Dallas Mavericks. And they also had two-time National Player of the Year Ralph Sampson, who was the most dominant college player in the country at 7'4", or 224 centimeters. Going into the game, Virginia was undefeated with an 8-0 record, and they held the number one ranking in the country. Meanwhile, Chaminade was ranked number four in the NAIA. But since that is the equivalent of Division IV it was really like being ranked the 900th best team in the country. To put it another way, it would be like taking an average university team and having them play against the Chicago Bulls from the Michael Jordan era. Even coach Lopes of Chaminade said afterward that he was just hoping to stay within 20 points of Virginia. In his mind, that would have been a victory. And to put one more log on the fire that is the context of this game, Virginia wasn't even supposed to be playing Chaminade. They were supposed to play the University of Hawaii, who also plays Division 1. They wanted to play a game in Hawaii and then stay there for a couple of days while traveling home from Japan to help the players transition slowly to the massive time change between Tokyo and their home on the East Coast of the United States. When the University of Hawaii canceled that game at the last minute, Terry Holland, the coach of Virginia, called up Coach Lopes and asked if they wanted to play in Hawaii's place. And Coach Lopes said yes. To the players from Virginia, this was supposed to be like a practice game against a far weaker opponent. They were supposed to spend a day on the beach, play an easy game against Chaminade, and then head home to Virginia. Everything about this was supposed to be easy and relaxed. And now it's time for the actual game. And I'm gonna share that story right after this break.
0: This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com.
1: Welcome back to the show, and now let's get on with this game. It was played at the Neil Blaisdell Center, and only 3,300 people showed up to watch the game, which was actually far more than normally showed up for a Chaminade game. But most of these people wanted to see Ralph Sampson and the best team in the country, Very rarely did fans in Hawaii get to see a top-ranked team in person. In the middle, Chaminade had a player named Tony Randolph who was their tallest player, but he was 10 inches shorter than Samson at only 6'6". But the advantage that Randolph had is that he is from the same area of Virginia as Samson, and they had played each other when they were kids, so he knew what to expect. They had played each other just a couple of years earlier in high school randolph had even been to samson's house when once he picked up samson's sister for a date so Shamanad came out looking to shoot often and shoot quickly and they were having a very hot shooting night to start they started the game with virginia up eight to six to their credit Shamanad kept the game close the entire way the game was tied at 43 then again tied at 62, and then again at 68 with only two minutes left in the game. People couldn't believe what they were seeing. Was it possible that Shamanad could actually win this game? They were only two minutes away from victory. Or would the superior talent of Virginia take over and secure the victory for the Virginia Cavaliers? At this point, Mark Wells of Chaminade made a layup to put Chaminade up 70-68. Forty-five seconds later, Ernest Petway, also from Chaminade, gets fouled while shooting. He missed the shot, but he goes to the free throw line. He hits both free throws to put Chaminade up by four, to 72-68 with only 1 minute and 15 seconds left in the game. Then Rich Carlisle from Virginia hits a 15-foot jump shot to close the gap to 72-70. Now Mark Wells is fouled and he has two free throws to shoot and he makes both of them, and Chaminade is back up to a four-point lead, 74-70. Carlisle comes right back down for Virginia and hits another jump shot. The score is now 74-72 in Chaminade's favor, with only 35 seconds left in the game. On the next possession, Virginia got three shots and missed all of them. The ball ends up in the hands of Tim Dunham from Chaminade and he gets fouled and then he makes both of his free throws to put Chaminade back up by four at 76-72. It was becoming a reality. The crowd is going wild. They came hoping to see Chaminade just give a good effort, but now they were actually going to win this game. They can now taste victory. They just have to get through the next few seconds. Virginia gets the ball back but they miss again. Wells grabs the rebound and is immediately fouled. He makes one of his two free throws to give Shamanad a five-point lead at 77-72. And then Virginia takes one last shot but misses. And the unthinkable has just happened. David has beaten Goliath. The players from Shamanad go crazy. They celebrate like they just won the national championship. They just beat the best team in the country. There is pandemonium everywhere in the arena. The players from Virginia are absolutely shell-shocked. And in the midst of all this madness, the team manager from Shamanad is running around picking up every single one of those towels. He has no time to celebrate. If he doesn't return every towel to the hotel that they borrowed them from, the school is gonna get a bill. Tony Randolph, Shamanad finished with 19 points and was the unofficial man of the match. He defended Ralph Sampson about as well as anyone could have ever asked. The sad thing about this game is that there were no TV cameras there. One fan did take a little bit of home video footage with a camcorder but that is all that exists of the game. This game is a big reason that today ESPN and other sports networks make sure that every college game is recorded. You never know when another Chaminade will come along and defeat the best team in the country. And even if ESPN is not there, every school now records all of their own games. Now this game still resonates today. At the time of the game, Chaminade was in the process of changing the name of the school to the University of Honolulu, because Chaminade was just too difficult to pronounce, people often called them Shamanade. But now everyone knew the name Chaminade, and there was no reason to change the name anymore. For Virginia, well, they dropped out of the number one spot because of this loss, and they did not make a number one ranking again until 2018. Chaminade moved up to number one of the NAIA, but in the following season, Chaminade would go on to defeat the University of Louisville twice and beat Southern Methodist University, both of whom play at the Division I level. Shamanad was getting a reputation as a giant killer. And these victories led to the creation of the Maui Invitational in 1984. Shamanad created this annual tournament to take place at the end of November every year where they invite seven Division 1 teams to come to Hawaii to play Shamanad and each other in a tournament featuring some of the best college teams in the country. Getting invited to this tournament is a badge of honor. It means that you are one of the best teams in the country. And Chaminade has benefited from this annual event. They have since moved up to Division 2 where they still play today. The school now boasts twice as many students as they did back then and the basketball program is competitive. And beating a top team isn't as big of a deal anymore since they are a Division 2 team. It's still rare when they beat a Division 1 team, but it isn't headline news anymore. Not bad for a team who's nicknamed after a plant native to Hawaii. Yeah, that's what a silver sword is. You can google it. As for the players, well they ended up in very different places. I'll start with some of the Chaminade players. Tony Randolph, the player that did such a great job defending Samson, ended up marrying a local girl from Hawaii and currently works as a counselor for at-risk youth in the juvenile correction system in Hawaii. He is still considered a local hero. Ernest Petway is currently in prison in San Diego on an assault conviction. Mark Wells became addicted to drugs and ended up homeless in Hawaii. He was murdered after some sort of altercation that is still unsolved. On the Virginia side, Othell Wilson had a journeyman-type career in the NBA. He then coached very briefly and is now completely out of basketball. Rick Carlisle went on to win a couple of championships as a player with the Boston Celtics and another one as the head coach of the Dallas Mavericks, where he still coaches today. Finally, the star of Virginia, Ralph Sampson. He was taken with the first overall pick in the 1983 NBA draft by the Houston Rockets. He went on to play in four All-Star games and looked like he was headed for a stellar career. But knee injuries began to pile up and he bounced around the NBA playing for four different teams. He never quite fulfilled the expectations that were placed on him, but he was still inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame in 2012 mostly for what he accomplished in college but he's still in the hall of fame and nobody can take that away from him well that's our story for today join us next time as we profile one of the most complicated figures in basketball history he coached the university of kentucky to 876 wins and four national championships over 41 seasons at the school but he also lost one of the most significant college championship games of all time He is in the Hall of Fame, and he was friends with James Naismith, the inventor of basketball. That coach's name is Adolph Rupp. That's next time on Basketball History 101, part of the Sports History Network, the headquarters of Sports Yesteryear. Go to SportsHistoryNetwork.com to find out more about this and other sports history podcasts. If you like what you hear, please hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. Also, go ahead and give us a rating and a review, and that will help others to find this podcast more easily. And check out our Facebook page. It's called Basketball History 101 Podcasts. There you will find shorter historical posts, as well as comments and discussion starters on today's game. I'll also announce there when new episodes come out. I want to thank my producer and editor, Jacob Loiza. Join us each week as we continue to mine the history of basketball for more great stories from the past. And don't forget to check out sportshistorynetwork.com for more information on my podcast and the rest of the podcasts on our network. Take care and see you soon.
0: Hey there, sports history fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network.